to A Joy To Be Me, a podcast sharing the magic of minerals, microbes, and a return back to nature's ways. Tune in to learn how to nourish yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's time to reconnect with and deepen the fundamentals of human health so we can return to our wild state. I'm your host, Lydia Joy. Let's celebrate this wild ride we call the human experience. Welcome, welcome, fellow rewilders <laughs> to another episode. I'm going to journey us back to nature and um, dive into the world of seasonal eating since it is, in fact, the fall equinox. For those of you who are new to me, I'm your host, Lydia Joy. I have been on an exciting quest to reconnect with the wisdom of our ancestors and realign my own nourishment with the rhythms of nature. Now, I know it's been a while since my last episode. I've been very intentionally focused on my family, summer downtime, rest and recovery, and my clients. And so that is why there has been a major pause on the podcast about the past seven weeks, maybe. Um, but I am grateful to see that folks have been still tuning in to the past episodes. Maybe some of you are getting caught up. <laughs> which is awesome, while I've taken this much-needed reprieve from producing. Now, in this episode, I'm super excited to start a new season with you. I love fall. <laughs> I really love all the seasons, but fall just has such a special, a special place in my heart. I've already covered spring and summer in a couple past episodes, which you can find in uh, the show notes. The links are down there for you. Now, as we, you know, begin to embrace the fall, the equinoxes today, um, the transition in our diets kind of becomes a little fascinating. I've noticed it already. We've got, you know, warm, sunny days uh, that can surprise us with incredibly chilly evenings and mornings. Um, and I've been finding myself savoring quite the mixture of the two seasonal temperatures uh, of the foods to really just harmonize this shift, these changing temperatures. So, you know, on the days where we've got a lot of sun, you know, we want to eat more foods that help us cool down naturally, right? Um, So we're still finding ourselves wanting to eat salads and steamed veggies and fruits and you know, uh, olive oil and maybe even some coconut oil. Um, I mean, you can obviously eat other things too, but it just feels like a lighter, fresher um, desire is present when it's hot like that. And staying hydrated is really crucial as well. Uh, As you know, I talk about that a lot. So you want things like your mineral-rich water or maybe my electrolyte recipe or some cooler or just maybe even room temperature herbal infusions, or even maybe smoothies still. I only consume smoothies like August and September, early, eh, late summer, really. Um, I know some people drink them year round. I don't understand that. But this is why I'm sharing information like this so that we can kind of try to return back to a more rhythmic seasonal eating. 
And then, of course, you know, the skies start to turn gray here and there. The air gets crisper. And when that occurs, we want more warmth. So that's when we want to turn to those comforting cooked foods. Maybe we crave a little more heartiness, a little more fat. Um, This is when soups and stews and root veggies and steamed greens start to take center stage. Um, We may want to boost up our fat and protein a little bit more, perhaps. Uh, I personally have been enjoying drizzling homemade pesto of all the greens that I've been getting, the wild greens and the herbs, playing around with that uh, in my soups and whatever starches I'm eating. I'm definitely adding some type of fat to enjoy. Um, And of course, you know, now we would want to drink more warm herbal teas um, versus like the cold drinks. Uh, Lately, I've been enjoying goldenrod and mugwort since they've been prolific again. Um, I did a whole podcast episode last fall talking about both of those along with Chicken of the Woods. Um, So it's been really fun to play with those again uh, in the season that they are growing and abundant. So you can check out that episode if you want. The, The link will be in the show notes for you. And, you know, I want to just say this. Sadly, you know, we have this modern disconnect from the food system that's left us malnourished. And it's caused us to rely on convenience over connection, over a relationship with the land in the places that we live. And I really do want to encourage a return to the roots of local and sustainable eating. It's really about, you know, creating and forging a bond with our food and its sources. Um, you know, and I've I've been discovering that embracing seasonal eating is just really a profound way to achieve this reconnection with nature and how we once would have lived. Um, So I want to take a step back and reflect a little bit on the ancestral ways before we became domesticated. Um, You know, our ancestors pre-industry, they thrived by aligning their meals with the land that they called home and the ever-changing seasons. So foods would have been consumed seasonally. The excesses were rare. Um, You know, some, some locations would have you know, access to certain variety of plant foods year round, depending on their climate. Other climates would have had less plant food and more animal sources and um, fats and things. Um, So there's there's some uh, regionality to the seasonality, right? Um, So it really wasn't about the convenience that we are used to, which honestly, in the long run, I'm not so sure how convenient it is for us. Really, it was for them, it was more about survival and balance and working with what the land provided. So the fall equinox lands on September 23rd this year, the day that you are that I released or I am releasing the episode. Um, and this is when nature, you know, starts to take us on a captivating journey into the darker days because the in the northern hemisphere. Um, it starts to tilt away from the sun. And so our bodies change. We actually respond to this change and increase our digestive fire. 
And this prepares us for the winter ahead. It allows us to really savor the harder to digest dense foods that are now available to us, like the root vegetables, the meats, the grains, the nuts, the seeds, the the, the heavier meals that we are now craving. Um, and that's the beauty of nature's wisdom is like as this shifts, you know, um, our bodies shift and we find, you know, uh, our ability to uh, kind of naturally pivot, right? So if you think about the fall harvest, for example, it's providing us with higher fat, protein-rich foods, um, which are suited to take us through winter. And they do require that we have this alignment in our digestive fire to be able to break it all down as the sun's intensity wanes. Um, so I want to make sure that I say this. Like we're Eating seasonally is not like a trend. It's, <laughs> it's not about anything like that. We don't want to follow trends. We want to follow what's best for our human biology. Um, and so it's a really good way to sync our bodies with the environment that we live in. So each season is going to offer us specific foods that give us the nutrients we need that are just naturally rich in what we need during that time of the year. It becomes less about like, some kind of ridiculous checklist of eating all the foods for all the things 24/7 365 which some people actually try to do <laughs> but it, mm, the only constant is change my friends so we need to be able to adapt to it so we're adapting to colder days less sunlight and then we're going to indulge in these hardier um hardier foods these healthier carbs to get the nutrients we need to sustain us through the shifts. Um, we also experience, you know, um, drier air and the need for some changes around that. Um, after basking in the summer sun, which I hope you did, <laughs> you know, our skin and our hair are, are longing for some rejuvenation. So the foods that we are now eating in season can offer uh, more nutrients that aid in cell repair to fight dryness, even boost our immune systems. So I, we can all actually learn. There's two categories of foods that I want to talk about today, the cultivated and the wild. I want us to get familiar with these terms, cultivated foods and wild foods. Um, the, we can learn what cultivated foods are in season local to us. So, for example, I live in Southeast PA in Zone 7, which is the U.S. hardiness planting zone. Uh, Pennsylvania planting zones are mostly in the 5B to 7A range. However, there's a small snippet of the state that's like 5A and then 7B, which extends the range a bit. I think I'm in 7B. I'm in the very tiny, most uh, southeast corner. Um, so we, we, ha we have a little bit of a benefit of that. Um, warmer, warmer zone. So the produce that I'm personally finding available here in PA at now, which is amazing, <laughs> um, includes things like apples, arugula, basil, beets, blueberries, bok choy, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cantaloupe, carrots, cauliflower, celery, um, celery root, the celeriac, uh, Swiss chard, uh, the different kinds of chicories, which include like radicchio, um, all kinds of 
uh, greens, um, chili peppers, chives, cilantro, collard greens, corn, cucumbers, eggplant, endive, garlic, grapes, green beans, green onions, ground cherries, kale, kohlrabi, lamb's quarters, lavender leeks, lettuce, lima beans, melons, mushrooms, mustard greens, nectarines, okra, onions, parsley, pawpaws, peaches, um, and pears, peppers, plums, <laughs> potatoes, pumpkin, purslane, radicchio, raspberries, rosemary, rutabaga, shell beans, snap peas, snow peas, sorrel, spinach, summer squash, sweet potatoes, thyme, tomatillos, tomatoes, turnips, watermelon, winter squash, and zucchini. I hope you bear bore with me on that. Wow. Talk about abundance. I've been getting a lot of this at my friend Pete's farm, which has been so much fun. I've been very busy in the kitchen, <laughs> enjoying creating delicious foods, and then, of course, sharing it with my kids and my friends. Now, the cool thing is that many of those things are going to still be available all the way through October and November and even into early December, which is so great, um, with a few additional things like um, carrots and uh, cranberries, fennel, horseradish, parsnips mustard greens, rapini, um, broccoli rub, salsify, and winter squash. Whew! I feel so grateful and fortunate. So to find what's in season near you, you can go to a website called seasonalfoodguide.org. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. So that's super cool because you can look it up based on where you are and based on the time of the month. So you could do early September, late September, early October, late October, which is super cool. So for those of you who like to, or maybe you want to just like learn what's in season near you because you're not yet familiar. Um, that's a really cool way to do it when you are going food shopping to go over there, check it out and see what you can start to find and start adding something that you've never tried before. See what's on the list that you're like, I've never had that. Let me let me go find it. Okay, well, let's now journey into the wild. Um and the wild foods. Um, and I like to talk about foraging because it's become a, a, a wonderful part of my life um, since May of 2022. And it's not just about food. <laughs> it's really a path to help us reconnect with our landscape. Um, we can use our senses. Uh, we can learn to connect with nature in such a deep way rewild ourselves, our bodies, put our feet in the ground. It's just a journey back to our roots, right? Um, and helps us have a better um, understanding of self-reliance and a deeper connection to nature. So I highly recommend, and it's funny, I've been, I've been getting every single client that I can to at least try something wild. <laughs> so I hope I can get you guys to do the same thing. Now, foraging unveils a treasure trove of things, including underground storage organs. So like tap roots and rhizomes and tubers um, and land bulbs, these are things that we would have consumed that offer a wealth of carbohydrates and they also are loaded with fiber to feed our our, uh, our gut flora. And um, they, you know, often have uh, resistant starches and they help to promote our colon health uh, and our whole health, our metabolic health too. Because if we can feed our um, good gut bugs um, to help them thrive, we will thrive too. 
Um, and so that's something that was essential to hunter-gatherer societies. And they still hold value today. It's just that we don't find these things in the store. We have to start to relearn them um, by studying and then going out and back, fuck around and find out. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Get out there and do it. Do the thing. So um, I just find it so satisfying. And I have it just brings me so much joy to be able to feed myself from going out into the wild. And it's so awesome to know that nature just provides. So it's really contagious once you get going, I think. So I'm going to give you a little list. It's not exhaustive, but um, this is what I can forage here in the fall in Southeast PA. Um, Barberry, crab apples, and other wild apples. Um, The more bitter ones, you probably want to (laughs) cook Um, they're not the same as like the eating apples, so they just have a different role. Um, there's things like hardy kiwi, kiwi, excuse me, uh, chicken of the woods or hen of the woods or other wild mushrooms. This is like my favorite time to go looking for mushrooms. Um, it's funny because the pawpaws landed in the cultivated, uh, category and I was like, I guess people are doing that, um, more that I now notice, but you can find them in the wild. Uh, persimmons, spice bush, Rose hips, wild grapes, which I was showing you guys on my Instagram stories, the wild grapes that I found this summer. I had so much fun gathering them, and they are very different than the grapes from the store. Um, Then we have all kinds of nuts. We've got so many that I probably don't even have them all on here, but uh, hackberry, walnut, hickory, acorn. Um, And then shellbark hickory is... um, Another one, and I'm actually going to be going to gather some from uh, one of the farmer's market vendors. Um, They're called Shellbark Farms, I believe. And um, Ian and Pete both want to grow food forests, and so they want Shellbark hickories. We want to eat them too, but we want to start growing some trees. Um, So we're going to go collect them. I'm super stoked about that. Right now we also have some dock greens, all the different types of dock um, bitter dock, yellow dock. Um, there's one called patience dock. Um, they're very bitter, but you can eat those greens. Um, the Canadian homewort is still quite abundant. Um, I'm eating the greens. Um, you can eat the roots, which I'm going to go explore soon. And even the seeds and the shoots, the, so the greens come on these like long stems and I've been eating the whole thing. I've been loving the homewort. It's like my probably one of my favorites. Uh, then there's watercress, black elderberry. I was I found some in the wild um, this summer for the first time. That was exciting. Oxide daisy, uh, Jerusalem artichoke, dandelion greens, and the roots. Um, chickweed. Oh, I love chickweed. It's so delightful. It's wonderful ladies in particular who need to build back your blood. Um Field uh, field garlic greens, burdock root. I'm getting ready to go dig some up. And then the stinging nettles are winding down this month here. Um, so, yeah. So, there, and there's more, but that's like some of the ones that I find that are more familiar to me. Now, if you want to get into this, um, I got that list from the book Nature's Garden by Samuel Thayer. If you want to grab that resource and check it out. Um, that's a good one. 
Now, when you're foraging, there's a couple of ethical guidelines to consider. You want to ask permission um, if you're, you know, on someone's property. So just make sure you check in with them. Usually people don't mind. Um, like the like the farmer was like, yeah, come take my shell bark nuts. We're not going to do anything with them. There's so many. <laughs> like, just come take them. They're happy for me to take them off their land. And I think a couple places this summer we found, like, some things that were like, oh, my gosh, could we come and, you know, could we pay you for your peaches or could we pay you for them? And they're like, no, just take them. <laughs> um, people are usually, like, intrigued and happy uh, to to share. But it's it's always good to ask. And then we don't want to over harvest the wild food. So I think we have um, to think about this. I've been very intentional with how I uh, harvest the wild foods on my trail. And I try to space it out and make sure that I'm not um, taking too much. So I guess the, the guideline is like leave no more than one tenth of a patch or area untouched to preserve you know, nature's delicate balance. So it can um, grow back. And, you know, if we if we stress out the plant too much, you know, there's just a lot to consider. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so that's, that's um, a little bit about fall. Um, my hope is that more of us will lean into this seasonal eating so we can reconnect with nature's table, rekindle that bond between the food and its sources, and even just like start to reclaim some of this ancestral wisdom so we can really more deeply rewild our nutrition. Because I'll be honest, and I'll share this soon when I get more info, the things that I'm finding about the wild plants versus cultivated is they are way more nutrient dense. So those of you who've been on a a health journey and, and really want to optimize um, you're going to want to get into the wild foods to do that in a more deep way. All right. Well, just really quick, I'm currently accepting new clients, new one-on-one clients. Um, so if anyone you know needs support right now on their health journey, um, I will be starting new clients in late October. So um, I'm kind of already booked out a bit. Um, so you may want to check in with me now just to make sure you can uh, get a spot. And I help my clients assess their entire entire health picture through more of a whole person approach, which, you know, we we include a lot of things. We include the food, the quality, um, get into nuance about that for you specifically, appropriate movement, targeted supplementation, a lifestyle assessment, environmental support, you know, the whole thing, as well as mental and emotional well-being. So, I um I love doing that and you can learn more on my website through the links in the show notes below. So as we savor the flavors of this time of year as we are now at the fall equinox um you know it's just re- just a quick reminder it's not a trend it's a return to our roots it's a it's a deeper way to nourish and um take a step towards a more sustainable future. So I encourage you to embrace, you know, the local seasonal eating of both types of foods that cultivated. You can do this through local farmers, uh, farmers markets, CSAs, your own garden, your neighbor's gardens, um, as well as begin to explore the world of foraging, um, which you can check out the episode on uh, wild food and foraging with Ian in the show notes below um, if you are not familiar yet with that. 
this just helps you, you know, get more nutrient density into your life. And, you know, um, that is so important. So thank you for joining me on this uh, little rewilding journey. Until the next time I chat with you guys, stay wild, stay well, and stay tuned. Mm -hmm.